Visit Arcade Club, Europe's largest classic arcade, with over 200 video and pinball machines. There's classic consoles and computers. There is also PS4s, Xbox Ones, Wii U, PC, and Oculus Rift, and regular tournaments and competitions. All machines are set to free play. Open Fridays, Saturdays, and Sundays. Check out arcadeclub.co.uk for more details. Tenpence Arcade are proud members of the Throwback Network and the Retro Junkies Network. Hello and welcome to the Ten Pence Arcade Podcast. I am Sean in your face. Holly, if not said that for a while. And you are? I am Victor Marland. Hello. Hello. We haven't really got an introduction. We, we normally have a funny introduction, but we've forgotten, haven't we? Well, this is a podcast about arcade games. Nuff said, I reckon. Is it? Yeah. And biscuits. Oh, and biscuits. Right. So what have you been up to, Vic, over the last two weeks? Been ill. Oh, God. Oh, e. I've had a, well, I said that in the last episode, I've had a lot of problems with sciatica, which is a, a nerve being pressed in your back, and it affects the left-hand side of my leg, and it's quite sore. It's not as bad as it was, um, it's just sort of left me with a bit of a sore leg now. It's not, it's not that horrible electric shock pains when it hits a nerve anymore, it's sort of subsided a wee bit. Um, and I've had a bit of flu as well, which really knocked me out for a couple of days before I went to Berlin last Friday. I had to go for a little synth pop festival thing it was going on in the evenings went to see a few of our friends as well which was alright mm-hmm. the synth pop in inverted brackets festival was just two evenings just an evening thing it wasn't all day first night was a total washout though mm-hmm. rubbish I felt rough anyway because it's the first night after being sort of ill and I feel sort of meh we saw a band we absolutely hate at the start we keep catching this band they're always a support for other decent bands we like and yeah. the guy cannot sing I won't say who they are I won't be mean but it was also a Depeche Mode tribute band because the Germans absolutely love Depeche Mode, as, as mm. I do and you do. Yeah. But they were also bad. The guy didn't even sound like our Dave Garn. Rubbish. Uh, the headliners came on, which are really good, a band called Division, a German band. They all sing in, in English, though. Well, most mm-hmm. of their songs. Uh, but the sound wasn't very good because the mic wasn't even switched on. How poor is that? Oh, it's not good. So it's the it's the venue, I think, not the actual band. The band are brilliant. I've seen them loads of times, and they're really, really good. But it was just really poor. And when he was singing on the mic, because I use this mic so much, and I do editing of audio podcasts, I've learned quite a bit over the years, the pop filter in the mic wasn't working. Because every time he sort of he sang with an S sound, it was doing that sort of the horrible noise that you get when you haven't got a pop filter on. Mm. That sort of tsh, tsh, tsh noise. And it... it when he was moving the mic just a tiny bit away from his singing, it was sort of almost like cutting out a bit. No one seemed to notice, but even wife, who is who is high tone deaf, she said, "There's something wrong with his mic." And I went, and one of my ears wasn't working properly because I had a cold and I'd been up and down an aeroplane that day, and I could notice that the mics weren't working properly. We, we after a few songs we left because I felt rough anyway. Mm. But I did go and get some um, currywurst, which is one of my favourite German snacks. Is that a sausage? It's chopped up wurst sausage with like a tomatoey curry sauce, like a chip shop curry sauce all over it. It's amazing. Yeah, I have go had to that. Germany, have a curry wurst. I've had that. One of the pubs around here, the, the owners are German and there's a few things on oh, the really? menu like that. And I've had it. Yeah, it's nice. The yeah. next time I come and visit you, can we go there? Because I love German yes. cuisine. I had so many sausages over that weekend, it's unreal. Oh, <laughs> It's really good. I do love a sausage meat. Oh, oh. 
suits me. Sausage. Yeah, so it was that the second night was uh, a bit better, actually. I felt a little bit better as well. And we saw some of our friends over there, some friends who've had a baby four months ago. Really cute little fella. It was really nice meeting his, that little fella. And another couple of friends of mine getting married soon, and I never met the guy, the fiancé, and he was a really nice bloke as well. We got a lot of, lot of fun with them too. It was good. Oh, that's good. So the second night of the music was better. There was a German band that were okay. Uh, and there's another German band called Sono. I really enjoyed. Really, really good front man. Uh, yep. And it looked like two guys sort of behind. It was basically behind it because it was electronic music. There was no real instruments involved. And it was basically a guy, a couple of guys who looked like a Brian and a Gary behind, <laughs> yeah. behind Max just pressing buttons. But they were good. And after that was the headliners, which was Mesh. Do you like Mesh as well? I think I think we've talked about this before. I think I had an album a long time ago. Yeah, very Depeche Mode, early Depeche Mode, aren't they? Yeah, the electronic sort of a bit heavy, heavier. Really good mm. though, and, and Mesh never ever failed to disappoint. They were really, really good, really good show. Every time I've seen mm. Mesh since '93, they've always been really good, really professional, great songs. It just looked like they were having a good time on stage as well. I really like that when a band are enjoying themselves performing. It really does make a difference, and they're really good. Have you heard of their spin-off band? That the lead singer and the guitarist did a spin-off band called Netting. Yeah, they're a bit sort of um, material, materialistic. <laughs> Netting. <laughs> <laughs> right, sorry, Sean. I hate you. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, before bad. Berlin, I had to have two days off work with illness, and I never take time off of work. I usually just get on with it, get on with it, have a cold, just shove some tissue up your nose, and just carry on. But I got to work the Wednesday morning and I was trying to do some stuff and I was sweating, hot and cold. I was really rough. I could hardly concentrate. And I just looked at my mate and said, I've got to go home. I can't do this. And he said, I've got it as well. He said, but I'm staying. He said, half the people across the road, our sister company, were off yeah. work with it as well. Everyone has had flu. Even people in Berlin had just had flu. Wow. Yeah, the people we met there have just got over it. So it's been everywhere. It's been a pandemic of just meh. Mm. So wife was right. She kept saying to me, take the day off, chill out. I was like, no, no, I could keep it. And she said, look, you will not have time to recover. Your immune system's down, you're run down. And she was absolutely right. And I just slept basically for nearly two days solid. Hardly knew what was going on. I couldn't, normally when you get home and you're sort of a bit rough, you think, oh, I'll just do that. I'll just have a game of that. Nothing. I didn't touch any machines. No projects were done. No arcade stuff was done at all. I was just too rough. Just laid around being ill. It was horrible. Mm, it's it's proper like it flu, that, isn't it? But after that, I have been doing a few nice things as well. I've been tinkering with a Raspberry Pi Zero again. Hmm. And I'm a fan of the Raspberry Pis. And what I did is, as Vip, Vip mentioned when he was down the other week, he, was, he wouldn't mind a, a little setup for, for emulators. And I realised I had two Pi Zeros. I forgot I bought two when I bought them. They're only like £4 each. So I said to him, well, you can have one of these. And when he had actually gone home. And I, I, I looked down and went, oh, for goodness sake, I just found another one. He could have taken that with him. So I sent him a message saying, oh, I've got one for you. All you need to do is buy, I think it's like an HDMI adapter from mini to a normal size, um, a USB hub or whatever. And I, I've got the other bits to give him. I've got like a, an SD card, I put an image on for him, um, a USB key which you put all your ROMs on. And I actually put RetroPie on there and I put a load of ROMs on, just some favourites I, I liked from Atari 2600, Atari 7800, Mega Drive, Master System, SNES, SNES, you know the usual sort of things. There's about 50 or 60 ROMs in each or something like that. And I actually cloned the image card 
to make one for myself as well. So I've actually got a little setup now for emulators, which is really simple to use. I quite like it as well. So I'm about to sort of... Sorry, how powerful is the Raspberry Pi Zero then? I don't really know power of computers anymore. It's not like back in the day where you had a Pentium 75 or a 250 or whatever. Uh, so I'm not quite sure. It's it's more powerful than the Pi 2, I believe, but not as powerful as the Pi 3. But it runs, it runs SNES absolutely flawless. And I, I think you can run Dreamcast emulators on it as well. I'm not sure about that. Wow. So I haven't really tried the N64s and, and the Dreamcast and sort of that era yet, but I will have a go at it. I know you can run PS1 on there quite easily. God, that is, that's some decent power, isn't it, for four quid? Oh, yeah, but these, these computers are so tiny. They're the size of, say, half the size of a credit card, about. They're about two God. and a half inches by an inch and a half, I reckon, and obviously very, very thin as well. So, yeah, mm. really good. So I had quite fun getting that working. It was quite easy to work, actually. You put the emulators on there, and what you do is you plug a, a USB key into it, a USB drive into it, into a, like a you know, a sort of USB hub. And what it does, it automatically puts a load of folders on there. So you take it to another computer, you look in the folders, and there's one like, I think there's one called ROMs, and there'll be SNES and Atari 7800, 2600, blah, 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 Game Boy. And you put all your ROMs in the separate folders, and when you plug it back into the Pi, it automatically copies them onto the SD card for you. You don't have to do mm. anything. Automatically, so you don't need to do Linux or anything. So I'm a Linux idiot, and I don't know anything about it. And it put them all on there. And when you restart the Pi again, it knows where all the ROMs are now, and it's got them all copied on there. And they just appear. And you just go, mm. go left and right to choose the different emulators, press a button on there, and it works. They're really, really good. Everything is just really simple to use. You don't need to know any Linux whatsoever to get it going. Which yeah, I I've had a RetroPie installation on a Raspberry Pi. I've still got it on a Raspberry Pi 1, actually. Mm. Mm. Yeah, so I'm really pleased with that. Because I actually did... I thought, I'll get myself an, another SD card and actually do a copy of it. I cloned the card. So I've got exactly the same as Vips. If he runs into any trouble, I can just get on the Skype with him, have a look what I'm doing, and just tell him what to do with it. So, yeah, it's really good. Enjoyed that. Very good. Another good thing I've done recently, I don't think it's out yet, but I recorded an episode as Guesty McGuestface. Yeah. I've been moonlighting with the RGDS boys because they, 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 they nicked an idea before we got to it. They had a great idea to do different years of gaming. And they started off in 1980, which was really good. Because it was a good year for games. They do console, mm. computer, and arcade stuff. And also um, electronic handheld gaming, like the VFD games and the Game of Watches and stuff like that. But I did. I, I helped them out do the 1981 episode, which was a lot mm. of fun. Because that is just right up my wheelhouse, the early 80s stuff. And we chose, I think it was five games each or whatever. And we talked about some... You know, decent ones of that year, stuff like Scramble and Gallagher and Defender, and I think what else was released that year? Vanguard. Uh, yeah. There was some. There was some VFD games released in the same year. There was one of the ones I've got, Ogre Eater. That's a really good little game. Gobble or be mm. gobbled. Mm. <laughs> That's what it says on the box. I'm looking at it. Uh, so that was quite fun, and I think I'm going to do a 1982 with them as well. Very nice. Do you know what we could do? What, could we nick the idea? We can steal the idea. Yeah. We, what we could do, we could go back and re-record, say, Podcast 70, say. Yeah, and say, an Games idea. from 1981, this is our idea. No one would ever know. No, they might do. Mm. I've already reserved 1984 for you, because you know what was released in 1984, don't you? <laughs> 
That's me dying on 1942. 1942. Yeah, I think you have to do that one with them, mate, because 1942 is your, your love. It was December 84, actually, 1942. Doesn't matter, still 1984. It is. So when they get to that one, I'm sure you'll be on there yapping about 1942. Very nice, very nice, very nice. Cool. What else have I been doing? I went to see lovely Phil Murray yesterday. I had to pick a few things up from him, and he lent me his centipede PCB. Well, he gets a chance to look at the two I've I've got for him that that aren't working properly. So he's lent me his good one. I got home, popped it in there, and I haven't really been able to leave it alone. Mm. The monitor on that, you know, I said the monitor's got really bad centipede burns, got mushrooms all over it. Yeah, it's really hard to see it because it's quite washed out. The monitor in normal light, so I just go in there and turn all the lights off and play it. It's absolutely brilliant. I love centipede. It's a great game. Really like that. I'm so that cover got is a little bit rough around the edges, but I don't care. I've got a centipede. I'm so happy. So I was playing that, and it doesn't, for some reason, it doesn't save the high score. So I think the, there's one voltage on there, a weird voltage, it's like a 28 volts, is yeah. not working properly. Maybe maybe the um, maybe the, the fuse isn't in there properly, or it's blown, I don't know, I'll have to have a look into it. But I got 30,000 the other day, which is a record for me, I'm getting into it now. That's decent, yeah. It's not not bad, Not as it's not a 250,000 like Mr. Charlie Farr, or 45,000 at your, your high score. But mm. I'm getting there, and I'm getting better every time I play it. Really like that mm. game. So be good, good to do that one. Be good to feature that one, won't it, at some point in the future? I I need to get your USB box. I did your USB trackball and spinner box. It's all working. I just need to tart it up a little bit, finish it off for you, and send it to you. I'll tell you what, I'll try and do it before I come and see you next week, because we're going to the Time Warp Arcade together next week, aren't we? We are, next Saturday, I'll yeah. And, I'll, I'll try my hardest to do it. I've got a load of stuff to do. And we'll talk about all the projects I've got on at the end of the podcast. We're going to have a little announcement. But yeah, I'll try and get that for you, mate, because we need to do Centipede, don't we? And some, maybe some, mm. some spinner games. We've never done a spinner game on the podcast, have we? We can do Camel Toe, can't we? That oh, Camel Try. Try. You naughty man. <laughs> yes, Camel Try is a great game. Arkanoids, mm. I love those as well. Yeah. And obviously Centipede and stuff like that. We can do Missile Command. I've never really played Missile Command. Yeah. I don't think I'm very good at it. But it's a good game. Extremely difficult. (laughs) It's extremely difficult. Well, I find it difficult. Do you know, this is a little bit of trivia about Missile Command, Mesh, the band we were talking about earlier, do a song called Little Missile. Mm. And when you watch them on stage, they've got Missile Command playing in the background. It's got someone playing it at the end. And when the very end of the song, it's sort of in time with it, it comes up with a game over at the very end. And it actually flashes on the screen because I think they must have removed it for the live performance of Atari 1980 at the bottom. So I was like, right. excellent. This has made my one of my favourite bands even better for me. I wonder if Buck, Buckner and Garcia ever did a Miss Arkerman song. I can't remember. I've got the album. Mm. So I don't know, actually. I'll have to look into that. Actually, they didn't. So that's me. Anything you've been up to? Well, I've been playing a lot of our featured game, a lot, a lot, a lot to try and improve on it. And I have a little bit, but not a lot, a lot. Mm-hmm. I've been playing around with the graphics program I use for the podcast pictures. I've sort of, I've leveled up in knowledge on this graphics program, which is unfortunately called GIMP. Well, bring out the GIMP. Yes, it's a good one though. It's an old Linux one, isn't it, GIMP? A, a Graphical image started. manipulation program, something like that. Yeah, something like that. 
but it's a fan it's really it's a free photoshop it's absolutely brilliant mm, I, I understand it's very very good can you get it i take it you use it on windows it's, yeah it's yeah. multi-format isn't it yeah i think i've got it on my mac actually i have to look into it mm, and yesterday as we record this mr dave otto came up and recapped my monitor how is the old fella He's, he's all right. He's, he's doing well. It's absolutely beautiful oh, now. I was going to say, is it actually fixed the problems you're having with the darkness? I, I tell you, it's very weird. The 16-1, we put it back in. We played 19-1. is is very dark. The The menu screen's quite dark anyway. On the yeah, put 19-42 in. Perfect. Mm-hmm. Put, what else do we put in? Thunder Dragon, I think. Perfect. Really popping visuals, you know, really good. Yeah. Put 16-1 in. It started off as the blue background, you know, where you can select the games. Yeah, it's like a sort of taut, taut colour, isn't it? Yeah, and within blue. about 10 minutes, it went completely black again. Really? Yeah, really dark. But the it's hmm. very weird. Like, the, the white was still very visible. The yellow. All the little graphics were very... Well, the text and that was fine, but the backgrounds are gone. You know when you plugged your 60 and went into the jammer harness inside the machine... Yeah. Was it perfectly lined up? Because sometimes if you get the pin slightly off, that could be a little problem. I don't know. So did oh, what you, I did, did I... you plug it in again and try it again? Make sure it's you know perfectly lined up. Well, I plugged it into my little bar top, you know, the little LCD screen yes. bar top I've yeah, got, yeah. and that it, that was perfect. It was running for hours without any any color change or anything. I reckon you might have had it slightly on the wonk. Yeah, could should, be. Plug it in again and just, just line up a little bit better. Because I've done that before with. PCBs, they, you know, sometimes the sound might not work or a colour will be out because it's not quite lined up properly. But the voltage is just okay, so it'll run, but it'll have little problems in there. I'd try that, mate. I think that might be your problem. Because if the other PCBs are working, there's nothing wrong with the mono, it's fine. I put the game elf in it, but you know, I've got that old 412 in one game elf just to play Satan's yeah. Hollow on mm-hmm. the cab. Oh, so right, cool. play, and that's that works fine. Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah, I think it's something to do. It's something simple, I think. Nothing mm. to worry about. I was also, I was supposed to have gone to the Four Quarters East opening, because Simon, yeah. Simon Dennison uh, invited me over to see the soft opening, also the original opening, and I don't think he could make it, but I was so ill, there was no way I could have st- stood up for that long. There's no chance. Right. I was really yeah. poorly, but I need to get on to Simon. I haven't had a good chat with Simon for a long time. I love him to talk to Simon, and uh, arrange a time when he can be there, because it's always a laugh when he's there, because he shows you round... He knows which of the good beers and all this sort of stuff. And it'd be nice to see him again. I've seen him for a little while. So, yeah, yeah I need to get on to that because uh, that's supposed to be really good. Heard a lot mm. of good things about it so far. We'll have to go. when I'm Next next time I'm down in that area, we'll have to go. Yes, you need to give me a visit soon, I think, anyway. It's time. Yes. But we shall, we shall liaise at the, at the time warp. Mm. We'll do the time warp again. There's, yep. going to, there's going to be some Rocky Horror Picture Show jokes when we do that, isn't there? There's got to be, really. Definitely. It'd be rude not to. Are you going to wear your leather skirt? Yeah, and the Basque. Mm, very Definitely. nice. I'll bring the decent makeup as well. <laughs> right, let's go on to the first proper segment. Arcade News. Okay, Arcade Club have a presence at the moment at the National Football Museum in Manchester in the Urbis Centre. Okay. And they've got 50 classic arcade games available there. Just goes to show how many machines they've actually got now. Because All of them are football-related. Yep, they've got Robotron Centipede, Centipede Football Edition. Have you played that? No. 
Robotron football edition, the little man running around is actually firing little footballs. And he's wearing shorts and stripy yep. stri- jumper. Is that, that what football may, does? Oh, I don't know. That may be a lie. It might be a lie. I, I presume they have some football-related you know, World Cup 90 or some of the Neo Geo games winning an 11 and all that lot there. Yeah, yeah. They've, I think they've got... Makes sense, wouldn't it? Yeah, they've got a lot there, but Arcade Club is still full, so it just shows to show... Just wow. shows to sh- Goes to show you how many machines they actually have now. Easy for you to say with a mouthful of jelly. Oh, yes. Admission to the arcade club at the Football Museum is only £5, and all machines are set to free play. Cool, that's a real bargain. Wow. Cool as that. So get yourself down there, kids. Guess what? What, 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 what? At what, the what? Urbis, a, a long, maybe 10 years ago, I, I met Matthew Smith at the Urbis. Long, you know, the Jet Set Willy Manic Miner guy. Is he as mad as everyone thinks he is? He is mad as a balloon. Well, mm. I say, I say, Met. I asked him a question on a panel. He was, he was talking about the making of Manic Myron and Jesse. Who are cows at us? <laughs> so I spoke to him in that sense. But yeah, that, that's that's the Urbis. So get down there, kids. Yeah. Okay. Next, we have two articles to, for you to read. They're very interesting, actually. Why arcades haven't died in Japan? Mm-hmm. That's Kotaku on Kotaku site. And a follow-up article, Why Arcades Haven't Died in the US. And they're both very interesting reads. I won't spoil it for you, but have a read of them. Yep. And they're also... Because arcades are awesome. That's why they haven't died out. And they're getting a mm. bit of a resurgence over here as well. There's little bars cropping up, and obviously Arcade Club is going from strength to strength. Yeah. We don't want them to die. Keep on going, arcades. Yeah, retro is the new retro. I had a quick look at this one as well. There's a short video... From 1981 in a 7-Eleven, which is the, the sort of corner shops in America. This is from Vic Sage of his um, di- diary of an arcade employee, who also does the Retroist website, which is really good. There's all sorts of retro stuff. And it, it's really smart. There's a load of kids just being filmed in a 7-Eleven playing arcade games. This is when these machines were new as well. And it's just like mm-hmm. a little, there's a little sort of like, I don't know, 10 to 14 year olds, I suppose. And they're sort of cheekily looking at the camera and playing these games. It's just really nice to see them in their original state as well back then. Yeah, and you can tell the, the excitement these kids had. They were like jostling to get on these games, weren't they? And yeah, it's because they were Donkey new Kong. as well. They, you know, they weren't 30 year old like we're, we're looking back on them now. They were new. Mm. How cool would that have been? I, I sort of remember those days, but I, I never saw brand new machines because I was never in a, in a location where they would swap out an old game for a new one but places like a chip shop up the road from me youth club uh, later on in my life there was there was actually an arcade machine at the army cadet hut I used to go to for army cadets and there was mm-hmm. some basically a few there was a few shops where I used to live as well I had like a cafe had a, a pleads on a cocktail machine but the the chip shop up the road from me used to change a machine like every month. So I used to go in there just randomly to see if they got a new one. And every now and again, they'd have a new cab in there. And it was always like a jammer cab, just with a different board in or whatever. But they used to change the cabinets quite often. I remember playing Turbo in there. I remember playing um, uh, Tasmania in there. Loads of old, 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 decent games in there. It was really good. A lot of bootlegs as well. But it was, I remember doing that. But we never had... I don't think brand new games. I, I never used to look at the dates. I didn't care. I just used to play. Oh, I've not played this one before. I'll play it. Yeah. I didn't know you were in the cadets, actually. Yeah, I was in the army cadets. I was about 15, mm. 16, I think it was. Yeah, I was going to go in the army when I left school, actually, but I got a dodgy knee, so I couldn't. Did they let you shoot people? No, shot targets. Oh. I was right. quite good. I was quite a good shot as well, actually. Were the targets on people's backs? No. 
right. you can only shoot in the tunnel because uh, cadets can only shoot up to I think a two two rifle, which is only like an air rifle, and you've got to be lying down. You can't stand up and do it because I think it's dangerous. You could t- turn around and stuff if you if you stood up. You don't want teenagers standing around with guns, do you? No, no, good point. Anyway, next bit of news. Well, I've written here yet another Donkey Kong level hack. This no, one is wrong. A, this one is a complete oh reprogram of the ROM and looks excellent. This is. I got in touch with the author about this because I watched the video and sent him a little mess, a question on there. It's not a level hack. It's actually programmed from scratch and works just on Windows PCs, which is the only reason why I've still got a PC for stuff that you mm-hmm. can't get on a flipping Mac. Mm-hmm. The author <laughs> likes to hear and see people who've put this game on arcade hardware. Uh, I need to get this on my Naomi. I haven't quite downloaded it yet. I was going to do it, but I've been playing lots of other old-themed retro games recently on PC. Um, and I need to get it. I'm going to get it. It looks really, really good. It's It's... He's changed the game. It looks exactly the same kind of graphics and style as original Donkey Kong and Donkey Kong Jr. But you can you can drop a lot further with with Mario or Jumpman rather. You can actually yeah. you can fall a bit further and there's bouncy things to jump on and there's there's levers to move in and out to turn off force fields and stuff. Rather like the old Game and Watch uh, cement factory games. Yeah, that sort of stuff. And there's loads of really cool things. You've got to get keys for certain levels and there's. I think there's even like the little toadstools, like in Super Mario, you can jump on for bonuses and stuff. And there's little heart bonuses. It and the looks flowers. Well, yeah. amazing. I'm going to get it. I'm going to put it on my Naomi because I use um, a front end called Marla. And in Marla, you can set up certain key presses. Like if you press buttons one and two together, it will run yeah. external PC programs. So you can tell it where this game will be and it will run it. Mm. And I think you, you have to set keys up to so when you when you exit the game, you might have to do a certain button and joystick combination you can set all that quite easily so you can play and i've already got geometry wars in there but i've not been playing it lately because i haven't got two joysticks on that machine at the minute i need to make a new control panel up for it mm-hmm. yeah that and another few games i've been playing recently which we'll talk about later i want to get on my arcade machine because they are really good arcade games but modern retro games if you know what i mean mm. Mm. Right, unfortunately, we have another rest in pixels. A guy called Alan Stone has died. Mm -hmm. And if you don't know who he is, he's one of the people who bought Nintendo to the West. And he's died at the age of 71. So he's the co-founder of Nintendo of America. Yeah, still going strong to this day. Yeah, so rest in pixels, Alan Stone. Guess what I saw the other day? I was watching a a new Netflix original series called Sneaky Pete. Mm-hmm. It's quite good. It's uh, like a sort of con man who's come out of prison. He's conning his way, doing something. He's trying to. It's a good little story. And I spotted Steve Weeby. You know the Donkey Kong guy, the good guy from Don- uh, King Kong, King of Kong. Yeah, he's an actor now. Mm-hmm. Since he did King of Kong in two thousand and seven, he's been in a few films. He's been in on IMDb. It says he was in Horrible Bosses, which is quite a popular film. Mm. And he was also in a, a film called Four Christmases, as well as, obviously, in King Kong. Go, Steve! Mm, well done. That is about it for the news, I believe. It is. Let's move on to... Move on, move on, move on. Arcade pickups. <laughs> what have you picked up this time, Vic? Not many Another... things. I've been picking up viruses lately and oh. sore backs. But recently, I bought another 7800, an Atari 7800. Right. I can't help myself. It was it's a broken one apparently. The sound doesn't work on it. And it was about one pound fifty eight I paid for it. 
Yeah. <laughs> I paid about I think I paid about ten pounds postage, so it sort of evens out a little bit. And I've got it, and I've had a quick look at it, and it looks like someone's had a go at it already. It looks like they've tried to put an AV mod on there, which is a really simple mod to do, and they've done it wrong or broken it, and they've backed out of doing it. They've put put the bits back that you remove and tried to make it work normally. So I'm not sure if the the seller is a dodgy geezer because on on his on his sales pitch on the eBay and all of the items he was doing, he had a really big spiel about how he will not take returns on things and he will right. fight it tooth and nail to not have returns. So I think he must sell broken things and they are broken. But if I AV mod it, that should sort the sound out. I can't believe the sound will be properly broken. They're very difficult to break properly. Mm. So I need some, some, some bits for that and get on and do that. It's another part of a project I need to do. So I'll get that going as well. Right, is that is that all you've had this time? I think it is, you know, bloke. I've, wow. I've bought some bits and bobs for doing the cab I'm doing. I bought some bits for the router. And I've I got a router table and I modded that. I think I said about that last time. I've got some other bits for measuring bits on the router. And that's about it, really. I've got some bits and bobs off Phil Murray the other day, which is for the Dig Dug machine, so I can save the high scores on that. With a, a jammer setup, I've got some Asteroids parts, which replace the RAMs, the vector RAMs on Asteroids, made it makes it more reliable. Mm-hmm. But nothing to yap about, really. I'm sort of waiting for a cab to be picked up and delivered. Uh, another, another cab race coming. And that's about it, really. Not really gone for it for a while. How about you? Well, I've had a delivery from halfway around the world. Wow. Is it an arcade cab? From Australia. Guess what it is? Arcade cab? Biscuits. Biscuits, biscuits, biscuits. And Darren, Dom- Darren Domination of Retro Domination has sent me some biscuits, which we can open next week at the time, or and munch them, and give our views on as to the quality of these Australian biscuits, Victor. Do you think Stuart Tracy will mind if we get crumbs all over his control panels? That's what's going to happen. We might have to bring a little hoover with us, a little vacuum cleaner. Mm. One of those dust busters. Biscuit busters. Who are you going to call? Biscuit busters. Could you have done that with a bit more energy? Who are you going to call? Biscuit busters. busters. Any problems with biscuits, we'll sort them out or we'll eat them free of charge. Yeah, definitely. (laughs) Right. that's, That's a bit of a poor section for us, isn't it? Well, um, it's always a poor section for me, but for you, it's um, you normally have about five or six pickups. Well, I'm very it? sorry. I will, I will buy a new house and fill it full of arcade <laughs> machines. I'm running out of space, so it's getting difficult. <laughs> oh, no, let's cheer ourselves up with some arcade Victorian insults. Hello, I am Clarence Weasley Fotherington Smythe, and I am Peregrine Whimsy Simpleton. Now. I am in some dissonance about that chap. Which one of our listeners are you referring to, my learned friend? That flapdoodle. You know, the one who goes by the name Sir Tangster. Oh, Tangster. He's from Australia, isn't he? That little island in the in the Indian Ocean? Yeah. Yes. He certainly is an ungentlemanly fellow. A muck snipe, if I may be so bold. Hellfire and damnation. He has been on the Oracle that is known as Tweeter, grieving us both. Oh, let's start a rumour on there that he was once a gong farmer. <laughs> oh, sir, you are awful. Oh, yes. Listener feedback. Right, 
on the feedback, we've only had a few people getting onto us about the competition. Benson Rad and Mad Steve so far. So come on, people. There is a free family ticket to Revival here, and we will be there. Join mm. us. Yeah, PM us or DM us or something else. I am. Us. I, I am, that's Just it. Just get in contact any kind, any way you like. You can reach me on an airplane. You can reach me with your mind. And tell us you would like the ticket and we'll put your name down. It's a family ticket for two adults and two kids to Revival. Mm. It's going to be awesome. So, yeah, come along. Mm, it's going to be brilliant. So we have some feedback from Matt in Canada. Ooh. Hi, Vic and Sean. Caught on to you guys about a year ago and have really been enjoying the podcast. I played Amidar on emulation after listening to your last show and it was pretty underwhelming. His book. Don't think I'll be lucky to buy that cab anytime soon. Oh, I, I love it. I love Amidar. I checked out the Vic's tinkering section on your website and would like to request that you put your polishing a scratched bezel instructions on there. I can't seem to remember which episode it was in, and I have a couple of bezels in poor condition, and I would love to save them. As a bonus, here's a funny video of two guys picking up a Polybius arcade cab. I haven't looked at that yet. It's really funny. I think they're Canadian guys. Well, A. <laughs> yeah. Um, I would put a polishing 101 on there, but it's very difficult taking pictures of see-through plastics with scratches on because when you take a picture you've got to get really good light on it and it's and you can't really see the scratches which is exactly what you want to see being removed at stages but mm-hmm. mr matt in canada if you go back to have a, have a re-listen of episode 74 berserk that's where i did the 101 on polishing mm-hmm. there you go that'll save you looking for it alpha one has just gone I think he was ex- he was either on a slide at the time or he was excited that the podcast had come out. I don't know. Uh, I think it's the latter. You decide. Mm. Eric Banana. Banana. We have to say it like that. Yes. He listens to us whilst coding. Managed to listen this morning. Nice podcast again. Still not getting time to play any of the games. Oh. But I've broken the back of my Spin Dizzy tribute on Pac-Man hardware called Spin Pack Dizzy. Have you yes. seen this? Yes, it's really good. Talented guy, our Eric. He is. He is. Hopefully this will progress during the year into a fully working game to replace Pac-Man in all those yellow cabinets. Tin. Holy poo, the weeks are flying by. Man, Satan's Hollow is... He's put a swear word here, but I I just say it was pooer. He doesn't like it. He doesn't like it. Don't like it. Benson Rad, tip top. Another great podcast. I didn't get any of the music quiz this week, so don't feel too bad, Sean. Come (laughs) on, they were easy. Oh. Our troll nads says we have to outsource game picking duties to avoid picking another turd. Oh, <laughs> troll nad, you're so trolly. <laughs> Mick Orwell, great podcast as usual. I had it on working late last night. Mick actually submitted a score for Solomon's Key, but he didn't hashtag it correctly. He hashtagged. Oh. He hashtagged it onto the back of another word, so it didn't come up as a hashtag. Oh, I so see. I didn't see it. I didn't see it till he said, oh, what about my score? So, so on Pollock, Twitter, what have you got to do to get a score to us? What hashtag have you got to use again? Hashtag 10p score, but it, it sort of concatenated it to the, the previous word. So this is hashtag 10p score. Yes. Excellent. Now you know, people, get on to Twitter, tell us your scores. We're interested. We have a lot of scores on Twitter. It's great. Mick Berry got onto us on Twitter again. He said, have you played Psycho Soldier? Check out the music on it. Incredible for 1986. 
It is. Well, I actually bought one of the few games I bought on the Spectrum 48K, Psycho Soldier. Mm-hmm. I think it's an SNK game. It was, it was a very similar, sort of an updated version of Sonson, really. You're traveling, yeah, I you're traveling along uh, horizontal levels and you shoot about. I loved it on the Spectrum, but I have actually listened to it on an arcade cabinet and. For the time, the music is amazing. It's sort of like um, sampled music and proper singing on there, but it's J-pop, so it's a bit a bit sore on the old ears. Yeah. But excellent technology for that, that time. Ian Cullen, glad to see this podcast is expanding its horizons. First biscuits, now hot beverages. Oh, we were talking on Twitter about tea being bobbins. What's the matter with your tea's lovely? First thing in the morning. Not so keen. Ash Malkin, great show, gents, as per usual. Enjoyed the interview with Craig Turner. I can't make the date this year. Gutted. Oh, Ash. Ooh. Mr. Tagster. Oh, it's him. Yes. Great podcast wow neil 1637 has seriously beaten well see seriously beaten down victorian style lol and sean holly's two arcade pickups lol it was funny i nearly spat out my coffee i think it was bis- uh, not biscuits he what was be, it he won't be so happy when he is in victorian insults this week slippers. <laughs> it was slippers arcade slippers neil 20 to 5 just listen to my victorian insult again laugh out loud funny you rascals proud to be your second insultee they love mm. it they love it <laughs> <laughs> Stacy King, listening at Lancaster Hospital while suffering with gallbladder issues since Tuesday night, a long way from home, which is Bristol. Get well soon, Stacy. I've had them. No, I haven't. I'm Listen here, Stacy King. Get well soon. That sounds awful. I hope you're okay soon. Give him one of these for a get yeah. well. I haven't had gallbladder issues, but I do have a bladder. Well so done. I can, I can sympathise with him, maybe. Hey, Peter K. Man, Sweden. In episode 80... Sean Holly needs to learn the difference between the final countdown and Eye of the Tiger. I was singing it. I was doing something stupid for a change about Rocky Four, and I actually the, the song I, I sang because I went back and listened to it was the final countdown, Dull. which should have been in Rocky Four. It would have made it a lot better. You should re-edit it, mm, shall we? Mm. Pete Hahn, Seth Young got a nice shout out for Death Race on the podcast. Thank you. No so worries, he, he Pete. He did it at the Galvin Ghost Arcade as well. Mm. Bill Kendrick, not maiming or anything, so no 10p score for Satan's Hollow. Just want to share three thoughts with me and Sean. One, how was this game not banned? Satan? Satan! 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 Won't someone think of the children? Number two, played it again at California Extreme a few years back, forgot about the killer black light glow it had. Number three, not sure how it stands up to arcade, but I like the Atari 8-bit port of Satan's Hollow. I have got that on my Atari 8-bit, but I don't think I've played it yet. Mm. I wish I'd read that earlier. I'd have a go at that. I'd drag the old Excel out and have a go at that. I've seen a YouTube of it. Is it good? It looks all right, yeah. I haven't. I don't think it was actually released oh, at the I've time. Those, is it? Yeah. I think it's one of them prototypes that never got released, but obviously now you can get it on emulation and stuff. I would have had it back in the day if I'd known that, because I knew Satan's Hollow in the arcade. I would have had, because I had lots of arcade games on the Atari XL. Mm. Mm. 
got some feedback from the grease the grease another great podcast guys thanks sorry to hear about your sciatica vic as a former sufferer down the left leg same as yourself mm. i can certainly sympathize the pain was nothing like i'd ever experienced cries but i hope it clears up soon i ended up having to have an operation to sort mine out yeah and then he's put word to the wise watch the tramadol it's a strong painkiller and pretty effective but it's also an opiate so you just don't quit them cold turkey you need to reduce the dosage slowly otherwise get ready for a bad trip including but not limited to hallucinations restless leg syndrome and insomnia not fun get well soon looking forward to the next podcast did you have any of those things no i still take tramadol now and again and it it's not actually an opiate, it's an opioid, which is, an opiate is something that gets you high. Yeah. And an opioid is just a painkiller. And I did take, did stop taking them because they weren't doing much. Cause it's not that kind of pain, if you know what I mean. And I had no problems at all. So oh, that's I, I right. make, well, it's different for different people, I suppose, different side effects for different people. Mm. But yeah, I, I would, I'm not sure if I'm going to have to have an operation or whatever, because it's not so bad now. It's gone off a bit. It left me with a still sore backs of my legs, but it's nowhere near as bad as it was. But I don't really want it to come back again, and I think I would risk having an operation if they offered it to me, but I think I have to have an MRI scan, and I've got physiotherapist next week, I think, or the week after next again, so see what they can do first. Right. Yeah, thanks for that. Thank you. Chris CNP. I'm not playing Satan's Hollow in protest at the missing apostrophe on the title screen. I can sympathise with that. It's got an mm. apostrophe missing between the N and the S. Yeah. It's, it's Satan's Hollow. Not lots of Satan's. Hollow. It be- mm. It's a belonging one. Mm. Grammar place. Grammar place. That's my wife, that is. Right, let me do this last one. This one was sent to me on, on email, 10 pence email. This is from someone called Emmanuel. And I'm dealing with a guy in France called Emmanuel. I'm not sure if it's the same guy. I hope it is. Hi, guys. Just a quick but intense thank you for your podcast from a French frog. That's not very <laughs> nice, is it? I wouldn't call a French person that. Been listening to it for a few weeks now, slowly catching up. I'm up to episode 33, Wonder Boy. May sound weird, but I'm not too well at the moment, and listening to you guys just helps me out. Hope you feel better soon, Manuel. <laughs> that was a heavy ping. <laughs> then he put it through the desk. I did. Love your rants and overall tone of the show. Sound quality is great as well. Congrats. I'm just a tad disappointed by the lack of escalation, escalation of the in-your-face moment which is undutably the highlight of the show. I was expecting more and more infamous and crazy effects, more celebrities being recorded saying it. You clearly disappoint there, but it may improve after 31, so I should shut the F up. Also, you made me play a few arcade games. I'm using RetroArch. I didn't really know, like Berserk, which I agree is amazing. I'm a very, very bad player. In Berserk, I couldn't get past 3,200 points, so you could happily say, in your face, Emmanuel. Do you want to do that for him, Sean? In your face, Emmanuel. <laughs> yeah, Emmanuel. In your face. <laughs> As you certainly cannot pronounce my name properly, you English jerks. Uh, how do you pronounce Emmanuel? Emmanuel. Emmanuel. I don't know. We don't know. You can record it for us if you like. Thanks for the email. Thank you, Alex Chucky Egg Nintendo Arcade. Great podcast as always, guys. Thanks, Alex. And the last one, Leslie, who I've now christened Dr. Dean. Because he can fix anything. He can fix most things, that lad. Mm. Once again, the podcast has introduced me to a game I would have passed by, now a favourite, Satan's Hollow. Wow. Excellent. Shall we shout at a few people now? Yes. 
shout out. Right, the first one is to Bobby Idod again, patron saint of cartridges, for sending me another 7800 AV mod kit. That's not quite true. He forgot to flip in send it. The fool. But he is sending me to me anyway, so thanks for that. Another one is Phil Murray. I went to see yesterday. I said that earlier. For everything he does to help me out, actually. And I've also helped, yep. it, helped him out for a change. He gave me two bearing shafts for a trackball that needed to be needed half a mil off either end because it was too long to fit where it had to fit. And earlier on, before the podcast, I jumped on my little lathe in the shed and they did it for him. Shout out Ooh. for me. Well done. Also, everyone who sympathised with me being ill, thank you very much. It means a lot to me because I've been getting quite down about this lately and not been able to do much and not much fun, believe me. So thank you for everyone who's uh, sent sympathy and, and words of encouragement. Thank you very much. Hmm. I'm going to thank Ian Cullen for listing all the 10 pence games we've ever played on the show in a handy spreadsheet format. Ooh. We have to put a link to that. You like a good spreadsheet. I do. I love, I love a good spreadsheet. Another one for me is obviously Dr. Dean Leslie because he's been putting little videos on Twitter and explaining how he's been fixing these things. And he has saved loads of little games, which is awesome because I love those little games. Brilliant. And another shout-out for Dave Otto for doing me a cap kit, driving all the way up from Stafford, I think he is, oh, all the way up here, fix, fix the cap kit, couple of brews, bit of a chat, and he's off, off again, back down south. What a guy. What a guy. Lots Can he have of... a ping, Vic? Ping. Oh, go on then, give him a... Thank you. Loads of pings have been dished out today. But yes. The last one for me is the RGDS dudes I did the 1981 podcast with. Mm. So thank you for that, lads, and I look forward to doing the next one. We had a lot of fun doing that. It's good. Yep. Tech tips. Right, this is the second part of making a scratch build cab, and in my case, it's a Dig Dug Cabaret. Mm-hmm. So this is routing cutouts and apertures in your home build arcade machine. An aperture is basically a non-round hole. Right, yeah. So the things I needed to cut out of the cab's parts are number one, the coin door aperture, speaker grill aperture and stepped area around it. The marquee aperture and stepped area around it. The back top cutout for the handhold so you can pull the cab around. Yeah. The back lower slot for the power cord that goes in the back of the machine. And also the back door lock hole. Mm. So first things first, draw out the areas you need to. I measured from the sides to the holes according to my drawings. I simply used coins to draw the arcs in the corners. Remember we're using round cutters in a router. Mm. They spin round to make our holes. They cannot produce 90 degree straight corners. It's impossible. Mm-hmm. If you think about it, it's, it's impossible. If you really needed square corners, you'd have to jigsaw them out or file them out afterwards from the round. You have to sort of cut them the 90 degree angles into it. Luckily, right. everything on this cab needs a radius corner. So I drilled a 10 mil, mil hole well inside the line of the holes I needed. This is so I can get the jigsaw blade in to rough cut out the rectangular holes. If you drill four holes in the corners, you can go up one, take the thing out, turn it around, put it down the hole, cut along to the next hole, take it out, put it down the hole, and cut the four corners out so you can cut the four areas out. Yeah. Only leaving three to five mil all round to be finished off with the router because the router cuts a lot cleaner and better than the jigsaw. The actual coin door hole was just jigsawed, as the coin door hides all the edges anyway, so you can do it quite rough. 
And the bezel, oh, course, the yeah, bezel yeah. of a coin door hides it. So it's, I just did it rough and did some sort of angled corners. Didn't even radius the corners. So all that hides it completely when it's in there. And I'm working at the moment on getting a coin door for it because they're quite difficult to come by. But someone yeah. is helping me on, on the UK back about that, hopefully. Yeah, you might as well not bother making more work for yourself when you don't need to. So that's fine. It looks ugly at the yeah. moment. When the coin door's in there, you would not know how ugly it is. That's good. Hiding ugly things is good. Right, to finish off the apertures with your router, you need guides to mill up to. You need to work out how far the edge of your cutting tool is to the edge of the base of your router. Use the rounded part of the router. You then need to offset your straight edges, so when you butt up against them with the router when you're cutting, the blade will be hitting the drawn lines. I did each edge one at a time, and I used a decent thick straight edge clamped to the workpiece and workbench it was sat on to keep it still and did each edge carefully up to the edges it was meeting up with. So make sure you're pushing the router in the correct way. This is called feeding. With hand tools, you go anti-clockwise around the outside of a workpiece and clockwise around the inside of a workpiece. What we're doing here is internal work. So if you go the wrong way, you'll soon know as a cutter will pull itself around and that can be dangerous. So be careful, make sure you go the right way around the inside of a hole. Mm-hmm. Now the stepped rectangles were done in exactly the same way, but obviously you have to set the depth of your cutter to whatever's going to fit in there so it sits in there nice and flush. The cutter I used with a half inch diameter bit, which leaves a quarter inch radius, half the size, in the corners. And that is what I made the parts to fit in there at. So the marquee, I'm actually making from scratch out of perspex. So when I machine the corners, they're going to have quarter inch rads on them to fit nicely into this. Right. And it's the same thing with the, the mesh for the speaker grill. I've actually made that and cut, and cut that as well. Now, the back door lock hole is just a three-quarter inch hole, or 19.05 millimetres, with a counterbore on the back so it can take the lock, because the locks are thinner than the actual door, so you need to cut a bit off the back of it to a step so you can put the nut on. Right. And that right. was the easiest thing to do. It's just a hole and then just you know do a little routed bit neatly. You can do it by hand even. It doesn't need to be that neat. You won't see it. If I was going into production with these cabinets, I'm only making one, you see, maybe two later on, I would have made wooden fixtures that you could clamp to the work and just run the router around in one go using a flush cut bit. So you just go around, it's got a ball bearing on it, and when you hit the, when you guide it around to the fixture you're making, it, it makes the actual cut, you just guide it around, you just go all the way around in one go. So you do all four corners right. at the same time. But I'm only making one cab, so it wasn't work, worth making at the extra tool, and I probably won't use it again. But if you're making 50 of the damn things, you would definitely make a fixture for it. It's a lot easier. Now, the stepped areas and the inside of the apertures are to be painted black where needed, so you don't see the rough wood. There were also holes were drilled where they needed to be as well. I used the speaker grill and the marquee as templates to drill me holes through, which is where the bolt hole is going to hold everything in place. So that's about it for this episode. Next time, I'm going to be making cardboard repro monitor bezels. I've already done one wrong. Thank you very much. I need to get a bit more cardboard for that. I should have got some spare ones. I knew I'd do something wrong. Uh, also, marquee making and other stuff when I decide what else needs to be done. Mm, th- so with the coin time. door, are you going to actually make it work or is it just there for aesthetics? Just for show. And then you've got a little button somewhere to free play button? Or? Yeah, what I normally do is where, where the coin mechs are, on, on an Atari cabinet, it's it hasn't got a button. You actually press in the, the plastic piece you put 
the coins into. It's got a light bulb on it saying 10p or whatever. And you press yeah. that to re- return the coins. And what I might do is put a switch behind it, a button behind it. So when you press it in, it hits that switch and gives you a credit. I might just put a button. I don't know yet. I'll do something with yeah. lights maybe. So it looks authentic at least. Because I don't really use um, the coin mechs on my cabs. I think it's a bit... It, it soon gets... Where's thin when you've got to keep getting the coins out of the coin bucket and putting them in or whatever. It's a bit of a pain. Just pressing the buttons easy enough. It's only yeah. for home use, so yeah, that's it. Right, one of my favourite parts of the show next. It is la la la. It's music quiz time. Right, are you ready? I'm ready for this. All right, it's my turn this time. So get that get that beatbox ready. There's a couple of easy ones. There's a couple of tricky ones. Right, here goes first one. Ready? Okay. Ah, time pilot. Yes. Yes, one. One out of five. Okay. Oh, it's one of two. I think it's either Ordine or Fantasy Zone 2. No, it is a it is a Konami horizontal shooter. Oh, I don't know many of those. Oh, yes, come... I do. Yes, I do. How many guesses do I have? How <laughs> <laughs> many you want, really? It's one of the Gradius games or Salamander. First one. It's one of them, yeah. Gradius 2. Uh, what? What is that called? Oh, is that Fukatsu? No. What? What's Gradius 2? Is it Vulcan Venture, Gradius 2? I think it might be. Yeah, it's Vulcan Venture. Is it Vulcan Venture? Yes! Well, Brilliant! I'll give me half a point, but I got near it, I suppose. Okay. Here we go, next one. Is. It's a Western themed game. And we have played it. It's that horrible Sunset Riders, isn't it? Yes! Oh, you're good at this. When I first heard it, I immediately thought of Iron Horse. I thought, no, the Iron Horse music's much more Western than that. Mm. Yeah, yeah, cool. That's two and a half out of five. Great music in Sunset Riders. Right, next one. It is, it's very good. Wonderboy. Easy. Yep, yeah, you got it. I'm doing a silly dance. I'm doing a silly... No, I'm not doing a silly dance. Good music, this. Three and a half out of five. Go on. Next one. Next one. It's just sound effects. Oh, centipede. No. Oh, you turd. It's millipede, isn't it? Yeah, millipede. That's unfair. It sounds faster, actually, than centipede. I, I should have, yeah, if I'd listened to the rest of that and not jumped in like an idiot. I'm overzealous. That's what you I got am. them all, really. Well Sorry, done. we'd have to get to the end. I got them all, nearly, mm. sort of, ish, apart from the second one. Vulcan Venture is a bit of a stretch, but yeah. I, I am the self-proclaimed, name that tune in one. <laughs> I'm, not, I'm not very good at this, but yeah, you've done very well there, Vic. Excellent, thank you. I like that one, that was good. Some good games, not too hard, and hard enough to give me a bit of a challenge. Mm. Excellently chosen, sir. Right, let's get on with featured game review. So, this is Satan's Hollow or Santan's Ho Ho Hollow, or just plain Stan's Hollow. <laughs> Stan's Hollow. I made a typo earlier. I thought it was funny. 
He's a bit hollow, is Stan. This is Bally Midway, 1982. It's a portrait shooter, vertical fixed screen shooter, but there is another kind of level to it. It uses MCR2 hardware, same as Tron, Journey, Domino Man, etc. It uses a two-way groovy flight stick, same as Tron, similar to Gorf, with a fire button and a shield button. And the game sounds just like this, in stereo. I thought it was stereo, you know. It is. It's an early game that's stereo. Mm. Mm. So the gameplay is it's a vertical shooter, basically. Very similar-ish to Galaxian. Space Invaders style shoot gargoyles. They fire down lightning at you and, and sort of missiles. When you kill gargoyles, bits of them, bits of bridge turn up on the left-hand side of the screen. You touch these to grab them, and you pull them over to the right-hand side of the screen to build a bridge over lava. Where to, you may ask? Hull! Oh no, or sorry. Hell. Hell. Is there much difference between Hull and Hell? Have you, I've been to Hull. It's alright. Devon and Heaven, same place. Mm. So when you do this, you disappear into Hell. Bum, to have bum, a fight bum. with a mini Santa. Sorry, Satan. Satan! 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 Kill him for a thousand point bonus and also a thousand points for how many levels of gargoyles you've killed beforehand. Mm. If you get killed by Satan, you are pushed back across the bridge to the previous screen to shoot another wave of gargoyles. Ah. On later levels, the gargoyles lob down rocks to destroy your bridges and also explosives that explode on your level, stopping you moving across for a few seconds. You can only have two bullets on the screen at once at the start. They even try and nick one of your lives, like in Gallagher. Mm. Or King and Balloon. Yes, that's true. Yeah, they nick them, don't they? Mm-hmm. After the first two levels of of gargoyles, you get a well. He starts off as Lucifer, yeah, which is a disembodied Lucifer head carrying a trident, whatever you call him, pitchfork thing. He's the smallest one of the three, isn't he? Yeah, you get the most points for him. If you can't shoot him, he transforms a bit bigger into Old Nick. And if you can't get him, he transforms into Beelzebub. Beelzebub. <laughs> he can be quite tricky to shoot, actually, because he's a wobbly old attack pattern guy. And he, he spews down fire at you. Yes. But you can shield yourself from the fire, which is handy. Mm, for a little while. You may need your shield when you do that. So, yeah, shield them up. Kill him off quick to do that quick level. And it gives you another flag when you do that level. So it's the same kind of level points as the gargoyle level, you get these flags. What happens is a little gargoyle flies from left to right across. You can't shoot him, and he, he drops a little flag on top of the castle until you build up all the flags on there, mm. which gives you the bonuses for doing the, the devil one later on. Yeah, when you get ten flags, yeah. ten white flags turns into one little red flag. I didn't get that far. Did you not get to round oh, ten? No. <laughs> oh. Uh-oh. This is that's where you build up all your points. You see, you go back across. I did the work bridge. that out, yeah, but I'm just not very good at this. So when you get to like level twenty, you get if you yeah, can right. get back across the bridge, you get twenty thousand straight away. Yeah, yeah, exactly. But I've not really mm-hmm. got that far, I'm afraid. So we've got some play tips and secrets on game facts. There's some show note links. When you've killed off the pitchfork tiny Satan, 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 you have increased firepower. You can now shoot four bullets on the screen rather than two. 
You can power it up twice, so it, get, it gets pretty good. But so you, you do like lose... Six, you get six bullets, or is it eight? I don't know. It's I didn't get five, that far either. Five, yeah, five or six. You lose a power-up when you die, though, so you go back down to one power-up and then none. I did that a lot. Uh, <laughs> when you use your shield, it starts at 15 points, and it goes down as you hold it down. But it regenerates again quite quickly. So, But use it sparingly. Don't run out of shields when there's stuff falling at you. Mm. Yeah, you can use it as a weapon, really. Rather like Phoenix. Yeah. If the bad guys run into the shield, they die as well. So that's good for that. Yeah, it's took a lot of things from a lot of games, this, I mm, think. Yeah, but early on, so yeah. Yeah. I've, I've put, learn survival techniques for the nastiest of the gargoyle levels. There aren't that many different attack patterns, but some of them There's are really tricky. There's loads of them on there, isn't there? There's loads on one, one of the levels. I usually nip just quickly nip down to hell when that level comes, just to try and mm. remove the level, because... When you go into hell, it negates that level. You don't get the level again until it loops around later on. I think that's one of the secrets to it, yeah. Yeah, so find the nasty levels and make sure you've built up your your bridge to hell before and nip across the bridge quickly. Did you get to the nighttime levels? No. It got darker, but not properly dark. Everyone on Twitter was moaning about the dark levels, weren't they? Yeah, because it goes pitch black and all you can see is the, the gargoyles' little red eyes. So they're like Tiny one pixel. red hen eyes. You've <laughs> got the one... eyes of a hen. <laughs> little one pixel eyes. Oh, God, that'd be difficult. You've, you've just almost got to guess where they are. So And then they start dive-bombing you. But it gets goes lighter again after a few levels, that does it? Mm, yeah, it does, I think. Okay. It's almost five levels, so it's like... Say three gargoyle levels and two say, uh, Lucifer levels. Yes, it starts to go a bit lighter. So you've been messing uh, around with tactics, which are a yeah, bit like a bit like Tic Tacs, but not as adorably minty. No, mm. and spelt slightly differently. Yeah. So the graphics and sounders are a little bit odd, aren't they? They're very yeah. skinny type of graphics, uh, similar styling to other MCR games. I don't like the graphics myself that much. I'm not into it, and it, the, the the backgrounds seem really badly drawn. Mm, I've never been into them style of graphics. I think the only game that I actually like the graphics is Tapper. Yeah, Domino Man looks okay, and and Mm. yeah, those and Timber looks. I think Timber's slightly later hardware, but they look quite okay. Spy Hunter's all right. No, I never liked never liked Spy Hunter in the arcade. Never liked that game. The graphics, I mean, too difficult. And yeah, just not keen on those skinny graphics. You know what I mean? Uh, yeah, I've put the Rocky Mountain path leading up to the castle in the background. It looks bizarre. It looks like broken ASCII text to me. I thought it looked like someone had done it with a colour etch-a-sketch. There's no real <laughs> curves. It's all sort of jaggedy lines, isn't it? And the colours yeah. don't really... It looks like someone's drawn outside the lines. A kid's drawn it in, in coloured it in, and gone over the lines. Almost yeah. like a colour clashy type thing. Just really badly drawn. Whereas games mm. like Journey, it's obviously got the, the digitised band members on there and and T- Tapper looks good and, and all those kind of they look better and Tron looks pretty good but this is just mm. really badly drawn I'm not sure how they got away with that I'm trying to get some, some kind of atmosphere in it I think but yeah. if you look at the Atari version and the Commodore 64 version they're a lot better the, mm. the, you know the little hill and this castle it looks a lot better to me it doesn't take any more memory or power to draw something nicely than jagged and, and looks unfinished. Mm. So, yeah, I'm not sure what they did there. It was obvious that another version is going to look better. It just doesn't take much to make a better screen, does it? No. So, scoring on this game, you've got, you haven't got many enemies. You've got green gargoyles, 120 points. 
Red Gargoyles, which is a bridge break, as they drop these rocks down on the bridge to try and break your bridge, 225 points. You've got Midget Devils. You're the devil in disguise, or as you are. Mm. 225 points. These are the idiots that chuck the bombs at you. The bombs will actually explode and make a mess near you, and you've got to wait until the, the, the fire goes off we can yeah, you can across. absorb them with your shield. If they if they hit your shield, they they're dead. Oh, they're okay, gone. I didn't know that. Mm. The devil head with the bad breath, uh, thousand points, five hundred, two hundred and fifty, depending on how quickly you kill him. Beelzebub. So the tiny Satan, thousand plus multiples of a thousand points for the levels you've already completed. If you can get across the bridge, I think I never did it the fourth time. But if you get across the fourth time, you're into like two hundred thousand points. Like I think. Wow. Yeah, but yeah. I never managed to do it. I never got anywhere near that. Right, should we have a look at the scores? Before you do that, talking about scores and the high scores, it has got a high score save on it, but you only yeah. get two initials, which is really odd. I don't think I've ever seen another game that gives you two. Just two it's only yeah, three that. or about ten. It's weird, isn't it? Yeah, it'd be odd. Mm. So the so, scores, oh, look who's at the top. What's giggity! Scores? Giggity's at the bottom. He says he's only put a score in because he likes it. He likes hearing us say giggity. Twelve thousand. Rob player missile. Twenty three thousand. Paul's tweets. Twenty six thousand. Victor Marland. Twenty six seven fifty. Not very good. <laughs> I I don't mind this game. I don't dislike it. I thought it was better than it actually is, and I'm just not very good at it. I've got no excuses. I'm just mm. no good at it. I haven't spent a lot of time on it because being ill and doing lots of other stuff, but I had a few hours on it this morning. I really had a good go at it. Gave it the good old hour, like we, t- like we say. Mm. And I'm just rubbish. <laughs> I've got to hold my hands up. I'm just poo at this game. I'm not very good at it at all, but I think it's all right. Not a bad little it's, game. It's an unusual shooter, in it? It's got a couple yeah. of good ideas in. I, I yeah. quite like it. Andrew Driver, 28,000. Ross, Ross, Ross. 30,000. Matthew Bridge, 31,000. Paul McCaskey, a bit more than 31,000. Neil, 20 to 5, 46,000. Greg Pell, 51,000. Chris Mooncrest, a bootleg, 58,000. Leslie Fix Anything. Should we call him Fix Do- Anything? Dr. Dean. Dr. Dean, that's it. Dr. Dean, 61,000. Ian Cullen, 62,000. Mark K, 94,000. Oh, getting up to the 100K club here now. 100K club. Ash Malkin, 101,000. Well played. Mr. Tronant has put a score in. 108,000. You didn't like and him in, much, but he did well on it. Yeah. In fourth place is me. I, I tried to, to do better than this. I've played it a hell of a lot, but I'm not that good. 125,000. Mark Happy Dude in third place, 133,000. Tagster's done extremely well, and he was even drawing pictures on the attack patterns, how to do them. Wow. On, on Twitter, he's like, he showed us all his scribbles of, cool. of what he did. 220,000. And in first place, with a massive 498,730 points, is. Have a guess. Mr. Farr. Mr. Charlie David Line Farr. Um, just let me add one more to this. In between Charlie Fart and Tagster is mm. Paul Nermanen. Nermix oh, from the television podcast. And he got 390000 on an actual cabinet that he owns. Oh, I didn't know that. Sorry. Yeah, he's quite good at it, yeah. 390000 I'll put yeah, that in the 390000 something. So, yeah, it's in between. He got second, basically. Mm, well he played. Was, he, was, he was leading for a long time, and Mr. Fart just put a bad, badass scoring at the end. Well done. 
David actually did us a little video of him getting 435,000. This is Charlie Farr's skills. Yeah, and I've watched, I've only saw it about an hour before the podcast, so I've watched about 12 minutes of the 17 minutes. Mm -hmm. That's how long his game took to play. Wow. And it's just amazing, the accuracy of the guy. Mine lasts about a minute. Yeah, but he's very good at glaxing, so this is right in his wheelhouse, isn't it? Mm. Mm -hmm. So if we're looking at the high school... No, I don't want to look look at it, because I'm way down the list. (laughs) Charlie Farr's number one. He's only played three games out of the four. Mm. And he's number number one, he's got 29 points. Me and Tankster, joint second with Mm. 28 points. And Chris Mooncrest, a bootleg, 22 Mm. points. I might put a link on to this spreadsheet, you know, so people can see how many points they got. No, because I'm right down the bottom. It's not on. It's four four games that we've played, mm-hmm. and that's how many points that Charlie Farr's got. He's doing very well. Rubbish. I'm doing rubbish. <laughs> cabinet art. Great so, cabinet. The cabinet, there's a few different types. I like it when there's different types of cabinet. So this game, it's you can get it in upright styly, a cabaret, which really appeals to me, and also a cocktail cabinet. Mm. So it's got a glowy red flight stick. And apparently it's got black lights in it as well. Yeah. well I've not seen a real cabin in the flesh, I don't think. No, I, I think I read somewhere that people were taking the sticks out of the Satan's Hollows to repair Tron cabs, the much more popular Tron. I'm sure I've read that somewhere a yeah, while ago. The stick on a Satan's Hollow, I think it's exactly the same, but it's red. Whereas the mm. stick on a Tron is blue. blue maybe they're yeah. just pinching the parts out of it, maybe to fix it. Right. It seems yeah. a waste, doesn't it, to ruin a cab like that? And it's you, a gorgeous looking cab. You need the flight stick on this because the actual button is a trigger. It's not on the panel, it's actually on the trigger. So you mm. need a, a, a stick with the trigger on it, otherwise you won't be able to play the game because the, the buttons on the actual cab are just for the shield, they're either side. So for ambidextrous play. But It'd be cab- easier to play that, actually. Hmm. The cabaret is lovely, and I featured on our website a link to Todd Tucky's TNT Amusements video, and he's got all four in his workshop. There's a Satan's Hollow cabaret, a Blueprint cabaret, a super rare Super Pac-Man cabaret, and a Lazarian, which we've spoken about before as well, cabaret. Mm. Really, really nice. And I think the cabaret version of Satan's Hollow is the cutest by far. It is, does look good. I love the marquee. The marquee is excellent. Satan's Hollow, it's got a big Satan with the usual bright red face and a very thin black beard and the horns, mm. obviously. Got some... Those horrible gargoyles behind him. He's sort of put his hands in his cloak around the Satan's Hollow, which is sort of... Uh, it's in sort of a... Uh, what would you call that? Uh, words. Words, yes, words. <laughs> it's the style they're written in. It's a perspective... <laughs> style that's what I was that's gonna say. it you're so that's helpful sometimes uh, thanks thank you for that mm. got lots of trivia here actually on, on stan's hollow there's a I'll, I'll put a link in to a flyer which is bally midway no you know us by our games and this is a 1982 flyer and it's a pretty impressive lineup of games they've got on this flyer, Miss Pac-Man, Gorf, Space Invaders, Pac-Man, Tron, Omega Race, one of my favourite side-outs ever, Solar Fox, which is an awesome marquee as well, mm-hmm. and Satan's Hollow. It's, yeah, it's a great, cool. great lineup they had by sort of early 80s, isn't it, Bally Midway? The upright cab is sort of an orange and red, orangey-red colour, and it's got a really cool-looking 
sort of like almost like a 70s pinball style Satan on the side of it clutching a big glowing orb he's about to fire down at you it's a really nice cabinet and across the across the the, the control panel is actually that stick on that one's a black stick not a red one it's black maybe it glows red mm-hmm. it's got lights in it I don't know uh, and it's got sort of all gold and black it looks really sort of you know sort of medieval type styling Really mm. nice looking cabinet. I really like that. And, and even the cocktail cabinet's quite nice as well. But I don't think the cocktail's got a big flight stick. I think it's got a normal ball top with a button on top. Right. I'm sure a lot of those those games had that kind of thing in it. Like that. Mm. I've got, got a little link here to a computer and video games article from 1983. Oh, this was yeah. always my favourite part of computer and video games. It brought map memory seeing that little logo at the top of the page. Mm. Satan's Hollow Review. And at the end, they say, a devil of a game that should please video fans. Says I used there. to get that back in the day. I used to get that. I remember getting it on holiday once, and they had lots of type-in programs in there that never worked. Mm, I have still got... You'd spend days my, typing them in, and they wouldn't work. I've still got my original computer and video games, the very first one I ever bought. Well, my dad bought it for me, and I've still got it. 1983 it is. Excuse the rustling while I just grab this a minute. Look at this. Russell who? February 1982. Oh, look at that. Computer that old logo. video games. What's on the front cover? We've got Cosmos Landing, Dr. Livingstone, games and programs for the Sinclair, Pet, Apple, Tandy, and many more. Dark Pet. Tower. <laughs> yeah, the, the, the Commodore Pet. Commodore Pet, yeah. That was before the Vic 20, yeah. They've got Dark Tower, the latest fantasy concept in electronic games. Write your own adventure, we tell you how. And it's got some sort of uh, lunar landing type picture on the front. This is awesome, this magazine. It's really old. There's an mm. advert for Maplin on the back with a rubbish old logo. <laughs> just there carry is. on, I'm just going to read this while you talk. Go on, carry on. On archive.org. Look at that giraffe can... there, look at that. Oh, what? It's a giraffe? It's a giraffe, yeah. Giraffes are great. On archive.org, there's loads of these that you can actually download and people Hold on have a minute. In. Whoa, whoa, whoa. Atari, and there's a magazine uh, article here, an advertisement for microcomputers at Lasky's. An Atari 800, not even the XL, wasn't out by then. Uh, 816K computer, 645 quid. Oof. Oof. In today's money, that'd be well over a grand, wouldn't it? Easily, yeah, easily, I think. Wow. Wow. And then we're moaning about a £300 Nintendo Switch. Yeah, absolutely. So the arcade world record is 5.8 million. Oof. That, that is amazing. By Ben Falls in 2011. The twin galaxy record is 45 million by Donald Hayes, that legend, in 2013. Both of those names are known to me in high score terms. Ben Falls is an excellent player. And Don Hayes is probably collectively the best player in the world. Yeah. He's got. He's he's better than Billy Mitchell. Don't tell Billy I said that. But he has got many more records. He's the world record on Dig Dug, with about five mm-hmm. million. Oh, just, I think he's he's actually second now. But he was the world record holder on Dig Dug. He's a perfect Pac Man player as well. He's got yeah. so many records. That guy. He's just amazing. Really. Good. He's a good ping pong player as well. Oh, what's that about? I would imagine on Satan's Hollow. Once you, if you've been playing it for an hour and you get across the bridge, you must be getting. Um, well, maybe a million bonus. Yeah, that's probably what it is, isn't it? Yeah. If, if, I mean, if you'd made one more trip over the bridge and killed the little tiny Satan again, Satan, 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 
you would have probably got what fifty thousand bonus point, hundred thousand bonus points. I think I got to about level twenty summer, so you're going to get like twenty five thousand when you get over that bridge, aren't oh, you? Oh my lord, yeah, wow. So, hmm, I, I quite like it. I like the scoring. I like the way it keeps the the bonuses keep multiplying. There's Ooh. there's enough in this game to make it different and interesting. I think Satan's Hollow. I wonder if it's got it goes bonkers when it's level two hundred and fifty five. Don't know. Maybe it Could does because do. that that'd be a huge bonus, wouldn't it? Mm. Mm. this is from clov mm-hmm. some wiring harnesses are labeled satan's master and others are labeled satan's power these may have been pre-production titles for the game it's also been said that they may simply indicate two different types of harnesses used for the game mm. midway had a mail-in offer to purchase a t-shirt of satan's hollow back in 1982 oh, i bet that was an awesome style on it Mm. Cool. It, it does say 1981 on the title screen, but apparently it is 82 released. Yes. The game drew some criticism in the Bible Belt for its theme. We mentioned this earlier on, didn't we? Oh, I imagine it would. Do you know what? Poor old Mike McGuinness from the No Quarter podcast wasn't allowed to play this because I think his parents were a little bit religious and he wasn't allowed to play it as a kid. And oh. He also said on Twitter they wouldn't let him play some of the adventure games and the, and the D&D games as well because they were to do with wizardry and magic and, and all that sort of evil stuff poor um, mike uh, when i googled satan's hollow actually there's a, a rock venue in manchester called satan's hollow i think someone mentioned this to me the other day mm. and i went oh that's interesting yeah so if, if you're into rock and satan yeah get into absolutely. manchester bit, de- bit of devil worship and some rock and roll that's better than mine. This was also released on the Commodore 64, and you said the Atari 8-bit and 5200 versions were completed, but never released. I'm sure you can get them nowadays, because what they've done with a lot of those Atari console and, and computer games is they've found the code, and a lot of people have finished them off and republished them, yeah. which is really cool. Mm. You can see playthroughs on YouTube of these games as well. Also featured on loads of those Midway Arcade Treasure compilations for PlayStation 2, Xbox, GameCube, Windows, PS3, and Xbox 360. Yeah, loads of them sort of things. So tell me, what did you actually think of this game? Well, I've written it. I don't love it, but I do like it. I wish Mm -hmm. the bullets were faster initially. They're very slow, Mm -hmm. and the graphics always put me off this game, so I never really played it until now. But I'm glad I did. I do like it, and I'm not bored of it yet, which is unusual. This is a weird one for me. Um... When I don't do very well on a game, it's usually because I don't like it too much and I don't play it very often. I didn't play too much of this game. I wish I had time to play more. I don't I don't dislike the game. I quite like it still. It's quirky. Mm. I, I, I'm not a devil worshiper or anything still like that, but I do like the devil-y bits in it and, and the, the, the fire-breathing thing and the gargoyles and the sort of castle on the hill. It all quite appeals to me in a funny kind of way. For example, mm. like horror films and all that sort of stuff. Uh, I don't dislike it, but as I admitted to earlier, I am junk at this game. I'm just rubbish at it. I wish I was a little bit better. I wish I could have got 100,000, but I don't think I'll ever get 100,000 if I try from now until doomsday. I don't know I'll get that better on it. So I kind of liked it. It was an average kind of game. It wasn't rubbish, and I'll definitely play it again. Yeah, if it was remade, speed it up a bit. The graphics... Tied up a little bit, smoothed yeah. over a little bit. few power-ups. Mm. I think it'd be ace. Yeah, yeah, it'd be quite nice to have a power-up, maybe. like a sh- um, Maybe you could increase your shield energy or something, or 
Mm. You know, like you said, I had two two more more bullets on the screen at once to start with, or maybe even a one-use smart bomb or something. So when you get those really horrible levels, you can just hit that smart bomb if you saved it and just kill them all off quick. And maybe maybe it could build your bridge immediately and then just quickly get over there. Mm. That'd be quite good. Dave Otto yesterday said, wouldn't it be more fitting with the theme if, you, if your little guy, well, your base was actually a little man firing a bow and arrow? Because it, it, was, it was like a spaceship cannon, wasn't it? It's weird, isn't it? Why, yeah. why would you have this sort of medieval castle and gargoyles and devils and have a spaceship involved in it? Oh, I don't know if it's supposed to be. or something, you know, like an yeah, old type weapon. It looks mm. like it's made of spaghetti. Have you seen it? It's not good, is it? Not good <laughs> it's all like a very weird shape. And the yeah. little one thing I did like actually in the graphics is you know you know the guys who lob down the the bombs those idiots they sort yeah. of they sort of little green men wiggling their arms around when they're flying around it looks like they they're sort of falling out of a tree or something doing jazz hands they're going Whoa! <laughs> yeah home computer and console arcade ports. And this is a slightly different version of what we normally do. We normally play uh, arcade games that have been released on computer and consoles. But yes. this time I've found some new retro games that were released not that long ago. Bit of a cheat, but there have been a glut of arcade games re- released recently. And they are really, really good. Too good for us to ignore. So they deserve a good bashing. Yes. So the first one we're going to do, and this, I've got a few of these to do over the next few weeks... Um, there's a game called They Came From Verminest. And this is what it sounds like on the video. Everyone should go over to our page and link to the video, and it sounds just like this. A terrifying army is coming from planet Verminest. Well, this is by a company, or one guy actually, called Locomolito. He's a Spanish dev. Uh, there's a guy called Grizel87 does the music for him. And there's a guy called Marek Barrage who provides promo illustrations. And the, or everything to do with this game, all the production and the presentation is excellent. Really, really good. This mm-hmm. game is now this short promo video which is styled on a cheesy B-movie which is on, on the show notes. It's adorable. The game is a love affair with Gallagher 3 and Gallagher, I suppose, Centipede, Vertical scrolling shooters, parts of asteroids, and also Phoenix. All the styles are married beautifully. The main attraction for me is you can change some of the viewing modes. And one of them is an actual red and green glasses 3D. So everything's in black and white. It's grayscale. There's no colour in the game unless you turn on the red and green. You can play normal black and white. Black and white with the 3D effects. You can put those cheesy cardboard glasses on you used to wear in the 60s. And it's also old movie themed and what it is is if you look at an old movie you've got sort of scratches on on the 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 celluloid and little sort of stains coming up and little crackles it does that it's really really cool and the Mm. game is just a a left right shooter you can move up the screen a little bit like about a quarter of the screen maybe maybe a fifth of the screen like in Gallagher 3 yeah but it's got different levels you do a few levels of like Gallagher type levels then it goes into, I think there's a, an asteroid field, and then it goes up, it's a, a vertical scrolling bit, but it's just like galaxy, but it's scrolling, so you've got to miss parts of this sort of like terrain tunnel. Mm-hmm. And there's a few, there's a few, um, there's a few power-ups in there as well, but you've only got one button for fire, that's all you've got. 
and there's a later bit where there's a centipede comes down as well, like a, a horrible face centipede, and it's the bits of rock you can move, you can blow away, and some bits you can't. It's just a really really cool game. I'm mm. going to pop this on my Naomi on Marla, like we spoke about earlier, because you can actually yeah. run PC. It's only released on PC, unfortunately, but my main machine is PC, so no problem at all. So this is a really really cool game, and this these guys have done some other games as well, which are all retro-themed games. One of them is actually an arcade release, and it's only available at the moment to Spanish arcades. And it's actually right. it's got its own cabinet. So I'm really looking forward to this. I did ask the guy if it's going to be released elsewhere, and he said not yet, but maybe in the future. And I think these two, three guys, have got a deal with one of their latest games coming out on a modern console, I think. Well, I'm not sure about this. But there's one they're, they're doing, I think it's called Hydora. Or they've revamped right. it recently. It's like a horizontal scrolling game. I've got the old version, and it's really good. You will love it. I'll send it to you. Right. Really cool. All the games are free, by the way. I, I think there might be ones you can buy. But all the ones I've downloaded are freely available on their website. And we've linked that in the show notes too. Awesome. Um, what I was thinking about my Naomi arcade machine, which I've got my name on... I've actually bought a new piece of Perspex, um, some white matte coloured material, to make another panel for it. I was going to do a spinner, stroke trackball, stroke weirdo controls kind of setup. Yeah. I wonder if I could squeeze two joysticks on there at the same time, quite close to each other, so I'll have some Robotron rescue type games on there. I'm going to do mm-hmm. a panel that's got everything on it, like one of those really crazy panels that's got all the but not millions of buttons, just two joysticks, maybe three buttons, trackball yeah. and a spinner. Because the Naomi's are quite long panels, so you can get quite a lot of controls on there. So if I had two sticks in the middle, and maybe three buttons on the middle, maybe, and then a trackball on the right-hand side and a spinner on the left-hand side, maybe? That'd be pretty mm-hmm. good, I think. Sort of, if I space it out nicely, if I do do that, I'll put it on the Tinkering's page. But I have got the material ready to make it. Mm, very nice. Mm. There's also a game that Mr. Drisk has been on about on the RGDS podcast called Zed Exemplar. I downloaded I paid for it. I bought it. Can you believe that? Which is making the rounds at the minute. It, it's kind of, it's, it looks very Spectrum. It's even got a Spectrum loading screen, but it's it actually a PC game on Steam, yeah. I'll, I'll talk about this in the future. I bought this off Steam, three ninety nine, total bargain for a good game. And it's, I've played it a little bit, but I'm playing it on my Mac because it's available on Steam for Mac, PC. Oh, can you get it on PS4 as well? I can't remember now, but you can get it on a few different formats. It looks pretty good. Is styled on the ZX Spectrum with the sort of eight bit graphics and the sort of eight eight color schemes, but I'm having a little problem with the controls. They're a bit jerky, but it might just be because I'm using Bluetooth. I'll try it with a wired one. I'll get back to you on that. But it looks good. Four quid. You can't go wrong, can you? No, it's supposed to be a massive game as well, and sort of styled on Gradius R type kind of levels. Yeah, it definitely looks that way. Yeah, yeah, it's good. Mm-hmm. Yeah, good and one on. last one. It's not exactly an arcade game, but. Some should have re-released. Been. Should have been. <laughs> yeah, it should have been. Yeah, Chucky Egg's been re-released. It's only on iOS, you know, on new Apple for now. Yeah, and it's one of those virtual joysticks, so I'm not going to like no. it. But but it looks it looks quite cute and updated flash style graphics. But you know what you can do with 
um, iOS things. If you've got one of those Bluetooth control pads, I've got a, I think it's a Super Famicom 30. It's by a, mm. a, a company called 8-Bit Doe. I oh, absolutely yeah. hate that controller. Every time I go and use it, it's run out of charge, or you've got to pair it again with your Bluetooth device, and I really dislike it. I'm not sure if it just doesn't work very well on a Mac. It's supposed to work well on a Mac, but it does not. I do not like that controller. But with those controllers, there are ways of using them with mobile phones and tablets. I think you can use them as a, a virtual device, and you can actually use them as a proper device on a tablet. So you may be able to play this game with a proper control pad, which would be nice. Because mm. playing on a mobile game with one of those touchscreen joysticks is rubbish. I hate those. Yeah, not, it's not. It's stand just them. no good. No, yeah. it just doesn't work, does it? No, nope, not for me. Okay, we're getting to that point where we do... Next show's game. Right, for a start, before you talk... Yes. Sanctions have been lifted on Mooncrestor. So we can actually do Mooncrestor in the One future. One day you can choose. I'm not going to choose it. But you can. I've slowly but surely been coming round to Mooncrestor. A little bit yeah. more practice, and I'm avoiding them a better now, because they come up behind you, those horrible eyelash-shaped things. And mm. I think my score at the moment is about 15,000-odd. That's not bad. That's I used to bad. love it as a kid, but when I played it sort of in modern, more modern times, I thought it was unfair, because they come up behind you, but now I'm, I'm getting better at avoiding that, so... Yeah, I'm lifting the sanctions. You can choose that one day if you like. If we had, you know, we have a fantasy game list top 10. Mm-hmm. If we had a top 20, Mooncrestor would be in it for me. Oh, definitely not for me. But if I had a, a top 10 games I remember as a kid from the arcade, it would definitely be in there. It was everywhere. And the, mm. the, the, the sounds on it are brilliant. They're very distinctive. And the graphics, Yeah, they're great. Yeah. So what, what game are you going to pick, Mr. Beardy Fool? Beardy Fool's pick this week, kids. Right, I thought it's been a long, long time since we did a run and gun, like Mm -hmm. Sunset Riders. That was a long time ago. Green Bertie, that was a long time ago. Yeah, it was, yeah. So I was looking at a really decent run and gun we could do, and I've come up with Metal Slug X. Metal Slug X? 1999 SNK. Okay. That is a weird one. That's quite a modern one for you. It's 18 years old, though. Yeah, well, yeah, it's modern for us, isn't it? We're, we're stuck in the 80s normally. I'd look at all the Metal Slug games, and it's this one or Metal Slug 3 that come out top in the popularity poll. So I thought we'd have a look at this one. So Metal this Slug one, X. as far as I remember, is a remix of 1 and 2 together? I think it's, it's a remake of 1 2. And two. Okay. Yeah, something like that. I'll have to have a look into it. So if you do the default settings, which are 3 lives, difficulty number 4... Time 60 seconds, play manual equals on. I don't know what that actually means yet. Play no manual on. Mm. And the most and important part? No continues. When you're dead, you're dead. Because this is a game where when I play it, I just keep pressing the continue button. Yes, more credits, free credits, more continues until you finish the game. This is the challenge. No continues. Not even one. No mm. continues. Submit your score on Twitter with hashtag 10p score, 10p score, or on Facebook as a comment on our podcast post, and pictures please. Yep, nice one. I look forward to that, actually. I quite like the game. Uh, but to me, it's always a bit of a quarter muncher, so we're not munching mm. quarters, we're only having one each. Yep, see how far we can get. Mm. Now, before we finish, we normally finish the music because we don't have to, because I've got nearly all of them right. Mm. 
We also need to say to people, get in on the revival competition. Just say yeah. yes, please, or whatever. Nice little message from us on and any kind of format. And we'll put your name in the, in the arcade hat and we'll choose one and they will win a family ticket to Revival in May. This is two adults, two kids. All weekend. All weekend, yeah. Brilliant. Mm, brilliant prize. So come say hello to us next week at the Time Warp Arcade in Bridgewater if you are around that way. We are going to be there Saturday the 4th of March from about lunchtime onwards, aren't we? Something like that. I think so, yeah. I'm looking yeah. Yeah. Cool. And we'll have a good game down there. Road trip. Oh, yeah. So thank you for listening, everyone. And we will catch you in a month's time. Mm. We're going to have a little bit of a break because I've got loads of stuff to finish off. That's the only reason we're having a break. Uh, we're going to be playing the game. I'm more time to play the game as well, which is good. And I'm going to try and finish off. I'm giving myself some time to finish off a lot of these flipping projects I've got halfway in the middle of. So I'm going to finish mm. off Mr. Holly's trackball panel I've made for him. I'm going to finish off the console mod I'm doing for my Famicom. I'm going to try and finish off that Dig Dug Cabaret. I'm going to try and get some work done in the arcade of moving things around and getting some artwork on the walls and getting some decent lighting in there. Because at the moment it's just strip lights hanging down. And I need to get something neat and tidy in there. Because I've been wanting to do this for a long time. So we're going to give ourselves a little bit of time off. And we'll come mm. back meaner, stronger... Lena, biscuitier. <laughs> we we may have a little mini episode, maybe. What do you think? I think so because we're going to get the time warp and we'll have a bit of a laugh down there. We'll probably talk to Stuart Tracy, yeah, and we'll have some biscuits. So yes, oh yes, biscuits. We love them. Talk to everyone in a quick episode or in a month. Yep, we decide. Thank you. Bye bye. Thank you and goodbye. You can download or play the podcast. Read all the show notes and leave feedback at www.10pencearcade.co.uk. You can email me at vertvic at 10pencearcade.co.uk. You can also reach us on our Facebook page. You can tweet me at 10 and you can tweet Sean at Sean Holly. We'd love to hear from you for game suggestions, arcade pickups and stories or any of your personal thoughts on anything we may have covered. 